preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick, cast out demons, simply live the supernatural life. That's what every Christian is supposed to do. Learn how through our program with Teresa Lust Ministries. Friends, you are listening to Teresa Lusk Ministries. I am your host, Teresa Lusk. I have been teaching on a freedom segment, and I have a lot of different trainings and teachings that I have out there. I invite you to go out there and find them. Uh, we really want to equip you to be the uh, believer that is walking out all that God has for them. That's part of our mission is to empower, you know, individuals and nations uh, to to just live out the fullness of God, really, um, supernaturally as well. I mean, what good is it for us to uh, believe in the Bible if we're not going to believe all of it? And so God is supernatural, my friends. Don't forget that. He is a supernatural God. Uh, he is supernatural every day, every moment of the day, not just when we receive that one little miracle that we've been waiting on. He is always all-powerful, all-knowing, and He can manifest His glory whenever He wants. And so I'm teaching actually out of my book, Unapologetically Free, Deliverance and Freedom Through the Spirit-Filled Life. You can get your copy anywhere books are sold online. But I'm doing a freedom, uh, just a whole series of freedom that's based on the book. And today I want to talk to you about when you do deliverance for the first time. And um, if we have time, we're going to get into another topic. But first of all, I want to talk to you about the very first time uh, when this happens for you. If you've been listening to my other segments and you've been, um, you know, participating in, in, in learning and equipping yourself for the supernatural power of God, specifically through this series on uh, casting out demons and setting people free, then you're going to learn that the very first time you have your experience with darkness, um, that it could do two things for you. It could either make you really scared that you'll never want anything to do with it again, or it'll make you pursue uh, setting people free even more. I pray that the latter would be the truth. Um, let me share a little bit of my story with you. Uh, I got saved back in 2003. My husband and I did. I did grow up uh, with um, my grandmother was uh, she did believe and I learned a lot of religious behavior but I will say that I believe she um, she deposited the seed of faith for me as I would tell you that I did a lot of religious -y things. So I did believe in God, but had I died prior to September of 2003, would I have gone to heaven? I can't tell you that for sure. But I can tell you that after September of 2003, after I truly gave my life to Christ and Jesus became not just my fire insurance, but he became Lord, then I was uh, able to see life transform. One of the things that I tell people is you'll know you're saved if your life is transforming. Um, if your life is not seeing change for the better, in, in other words, growing in holiness, growing in, in the likeness of Christ, something's wrong. And so, uh, but that's not what this segment's about. So we, I get saved um, immediately or pretty, pretty soon after that. I just begin to hear God's voice a lot more. I begin to um, just want to pursue Him more. So we, we go to this gathering 
had um, a lady at the church was hosting it, and it was a prayer meeting. Well, I don't know what that was. I was just excited about my new life in Christ because you could feel it. I had like this never-ending joy and this desire to pursue God um, every minute of the day. It was the most amazing thing ever. And so she invites the women to this meeting and um, she's praying and prophesying, which that's the first time I ever came uh, into contact with the prophetic, which is kind of interesting because I grew up um, with, with, you know, a, a practice and, you know, I grew up very aware of witchcraft and new age, you know, we, that's just, my, that was my background. And uh, so tarot cards and, and shells and any kind of, of uh, future telling, um, um, what do you call them, um, practices were, were, you know, were practiced. And so I get to this meeting and the woman, you know, we're having a little worship and then she prophesies to a couple people uh, and that just means she begins to tell them, give them a word. Some, some of it was, you know, prof prophetic and some of it was a word of knowledge where she knew something and then uh, and then the other was prophetic like telling forth or foretelling something of the future and so you know it's it's a beautiful meeting actually I was really enjoying it then uh, there's this woman there uh, in the meeting and the woman did not speak uh, English and so the woman who's hosting the meeting the leader uh, who's who's praying and prophesying she she gets to the last woman because if you if you're not familiar with this a kind of setting just know that you know we when you do these kinds of meetings you take one person you pray over them you speak a word that God gives you for them whether it be prophetic word of knowledge word of wisdom whatever and then they lay hands on you and and then you can fall back or forward or whatever whatever else God decides to manifest his his spirit at that moment and then that you could feel it physically and so she gets to this very last woman and she says um she said, the Lord told me that you were different, that there was going to be something different about you, but I didn't know what it was. Well, the woman ends up, the woman who's being prayed for ends up being, she ends up manifesting. And her manifestations look different, but her manifestation was basically she, she zoned out uh, completely. She, uh, her eyes rolled back. She fell down to the floor and it was like she wasn't even there. So this woman that who's leading the meeting, the minister really, she's praying over, over the woman and, and uh, a, a little bit. And um, so this is all new to me, right? So um, anyway, the, the woman kind of uh, manifests a little bit demonically. So then I realize, okay, this is a demon. And she tells her, you know, leave, whatever, we're praying over her. Well, the lady comes back, you know, to her senses. She's no longer under the the visible influence of this demonic um, entity. And she, um, the other woman who's leading the, the ministry is, is excited. And she's like, oh, okay, it's done. And I was like, uh-uh, that's not done. I don't, at the time, I didn't know how I knew, but I knew it wasn't done. I knew she wasn't done. I knew there was still a demon there. And so, anyway, <clears throat> uh, the, the whole thing continues, and then they finally take care of it. She really was then eventually set free. Here's what happened to me. I was a young believer. I got saved in September, 
this meeting was in February, so that was just a few months. And it really did cause a little trauma and scare to me at first. But the interesting thing is while it caused trauma, whatever, a pastor prayed for me, one of the pastors at the church, he prayed for me and I got over it, is that eventually it stirred me up for more. And see, it's funny how God does things, that sometimes we think that uh, things are going to work out how we want them to and what we imagine them to be. And don't you think God knew that I was going to be so scared and afraid that he would not allow that to happen? I mean, I feel like he knew that. I know he knew that. So why would he allow me to go through that if he also knew how scared I was going to be? You know, here's the deal. That we, again, and I've said this before in a prior segment, sometimes we want things to be done the way that we think they ought to be done, the way that we believe they ought to be done. We we identify who, who we say, <clears throat> we'll say, well, this is God, this is not, and uh, this is the Holy Spirit, this is how he can do things, this is how he can't. If it makes me uncomfortable, then it's not him. If I'm comfortable, then it's him. Isn't that amazing? Well, my story is proving to you, and not just my story, but the story of many ministers who end up doing deliverance faithfully, they'll tell you they weren't expecting that. They weren't expecting that when deliverance happened, when they had to take care of a demon for the first time, that they were just excited about it. They're going to tell you that. They weren't. A lot of them were scared. So what I want to say to you, my friends, is this. We can't run from the call because it's there. It's the commandment. I mean, some of you are going to run from it, and that's fine. <clears throat> you don't have to answer to me, right? So it'll be the Lord who you'll have to answer to. But sometimes introduction to the work of God, the supernatural power of God, isn't always going to feel comfortable. And so I want to encourage you with that because here's the thing. So many of us will probably close the door to what God wants to do through us because of one uncomfortable moment. And I don't know about you, but friends, I don't want to do that. I don't want to live like that. I want to live fully for God. Um, I even have a reminder on my phone and it says, <clears throat> it, it, it says, expand my spiritual comfort zone. And, and I put it up on, on my reminder and it goes up it, it reminds me, I think, every day or every other day. And it says, expand my spiritual comfort zone. Why? Because while I come from the charismatic background, from the Pentecostal background, from the spirit-filled background, however, whichever phrase you want to use to um, identify me, I know that there's still more that there could be happening that I, even though I may not be acquainted with it, I don't want to run from it because... Other people have said, that's not of God. I say this often. And so my friends, I want to encourage you to open up your mouth and, and remember that what you learn, what you experience the first time may not be what will always be. So let go of the fear and let God use you. Let God use you for that. And so um, I want to tell you that, um, let me read a scripture to you. It says, when they came to the crowd, a man came up to Jesus, falling on his knees before him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and is very ill, for he often falls in the fire and into the water. I brought him to your disciples and they could not cure him. 
And Jesus answered and said, You unbelieving and perverted generation, how long shall I be with you? How long should I put up with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of him, and the boy was cured at once. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not drive it out? And he said, Because of the littleness of your faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Now, do you think that the disciples maybe were a little afraid? Do you think they were uncomfortable? Do you think they were um, <clears throat> maybe even confused? I believe so. I believe so because Jesus was telling them, you know, this is this is because of the littleness of your faith. Um, so sometimes we will struggle with what is God's will no matter what. So what will deliverance be like for you the first time? I don't know, my friends, but I'll consider this some of your training ground. If I get to take a journey with you and equip with equip you and share with you some things, then that would be wonderful. It would be wonderful that I get to do that with you. And so my friends, I want to encourage you, be ready, be prepared, because it will not always look like what you imagined it would look like. You may not always respond the way that you thought it, that you would respond. And so we need to break some of those things. And I'm going to take you through some prayers, actually, uh, that will help break some of this um, this lifelong thinking. Or maybe it's not lifelong. Maybe it's just been part of your Christian walk. Um, so I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that. But before I do, I want to share uh, and encourage my listeners to go to our website, TeresaLusk.com. Visit our website and subscribe. We would love to get to you some emails with videos, with blogs, with um, <clears throat> events coming up. We'd love to do that. If you would email us, info at TeresaLusk.com, you could send us your prayer requests, your testimonies, or if you have questions, we would love to get your questions and answer them as we are able. And my friends, if our ministry is making a difference for you, Yes, you, you who are listening right now, if our ministry is making a difference, I want to personally invite you to partner with us. Would you go to our website, TeresaLusk.com, hit donate and give a donation of any amount, whether it's a one time, whether it's uh, every month, maybe it's for a season, but we want to invite you. If our ministry is making a difference, please support it. I too, believe it or not, I actually donate and give into people's lives that are making a difference uh, for me. That's my way of honoring them. So I invite you, go to our website, click on the donate button, and remember that every giving is tax deductible. Also connect with us on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram under Teresa Lusk Ministries or Freedom TV with Teresa Lusk. So we are talking. Um, and we are really just getting, this is the Freedom Series, <clears throat> and we're talking today about the first time deliverance occurs, what that will look like for you, what to expect, and also ideas that we must overcome. You know, we have things that we believe, things that we expect, <clears throat> and that's what I want to talk to you about next. 
I am teaching out of my book, Unapologetically Free, Deliverance and Freedom Through the Spirit-Filled Life. Please get your copy wherever books are sold online. And so here, we, here it is. When we have convinced ourselves of something, we protect it, okay? And when you're protecting it, that's your stronghold. You're protecting the lie. You're protecting uh, the, the, what seems like truth to you. You're protecting it. And so uh, I want to encourage you, as I have in the other segments, to ask the Lord to break loose from you anything that you've been believing that is not of Him. How do you know what is not of Him? You get in the Word and you read it for yourself. You know, so many times we hear stuff. I can tell you even coming from my own background. There were a huge handful of things that we believed. We call them sacred cows that we believed that we've heard in church, literally in church all our life. And I'm not bad-mouthing church. I, I believe you, you should, you know, um, fellowship with those in the faith and things of that nature. But the church is not perfect. <clears throat> and so sometimes you run into things that you feel like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm dealing with this. Yes, it happens. So we heard a handful of, a huge handful of, of things that were not actually accurate in the word. So my husband and I went back, we started reading the word, and we were in awe of all the things that had been misquoted, that had been um, said with wrong intention, out of context, to rule over you as a person, and so much more. And so I went on a journey to research my own, um, to just research on my own what the Word says about freedom and deliverance and, and other things, women in ministry, preachers, and about the fivefold ministry, including the apostles and prophets for the present day. And I just learned some amazing things. And so I want to encourage you to ask the Lord to show you in His Word all the truths for all this that you need to know, but that He show you so that you may break up with all the false traditions, all the legalism, all the things that keep you from experiencing deliverance, whether for yourself or for somebody else, where you can be the vessel that will be used to help somebody else be set free. My friends, everybody needs freedom. We all were saved. We all were given uh, the opportunity to not have to be mastered by anything, and that includes anything that the enemy would like to bring onto our lives. So, but we have to break up with some preconceived ideas, with some things that we have believed that have not been true. And the only way to do that is to ask the Lord by humbling yourself and saying, Okay, God, I realize I don't know everything. Would you please show me? Would you minister to me? Would you reveal to me? Would you shine the light in my spiritual eyes that I may be able to hear and see and understand and perceive and all of that? And so very, very important, my friends. So I want to encourage you. So I'm actually going to pray for you, but I want to teach you just to how to go through and just begin to say, I break up with every lie that I've believed all these years, with every lie that holds me back from being used fully, from every lie that holds me back saying that I cannot uh, be used, right? So, so you start kind of naming the things that have had you in bondage and some of those are that you didn't think you could be used you thought maybe your pastor could be used so there would never be a first time for you to ex to participate in deliverance you thought uh, your your it could only be a male and so you pass up the opportunity 
to <clears throat> to uh, be used. Uh, you thought it could only be those who went to seminary, so you passed up. Let me say, there are a lot of people who went to seminary who um, are not equipped to do this because they have taken in so much knowledge that they forgot about authority. You know, the Bible talks about Jesus teaching as like one with authority. And then, and then it says, not like the Pharisees. That's kind of a slap in the face, which is kind of funny. Uh, but but that's the reality of what we deal with. Sometimes we deal with Pharisees in our own lives, in our own circles. So we disqualify or the Pharisees in our lives, which are those people who are very legalistic and rural based and and they, they, they are oppressors. They decide who and who can, who can and who cannot. When the truth is the word called everybody, male and female. And so some of you have disqualified yourselves or you've allowed those who operate in a Pharisee spirit in your life to disqualify you and you backed off and you, you just thought, well, I'll never be, I'll never be used for this. This will never be my portion. I'll never experience this, whatever, whatever, you know, what have you. Um, that you just completely walk away from. Um, or maybe you just leave a little reservation, but it's not enough for you to walk in this. My friend, you too were called to have a first time in deliverance. You were called to have that experience. Now, I'm not saying go out there and pretend to be Wonder Woman. You know, it's it's funny because um, there are some, some people that I that I'll watch every once in a while and see what they have to say about deliverance. And they're, some of them are really awesome people but they really um, almost become like, um, you know, a little superhero and they start acting like a superhero. I've actually watched somebody uh, kick up in the air and things, you know, I'm not, a, again, I don't put God in a box very often, but some things are just, you know, you don't have to do that. I'm just saying, walk it out in humility um, as the Lord uses you because there is a first time for everybody who sets their heart and even for those who didn't necessarily set their heart, but the Lord called them out anyway, well, that's what they're going to have to do. So my friends, begin to analyze and identify and go, okay, I'm breaking up with these things that say, I'm not supposed to have a first time. I'm not supposed to be doing deliverance. And it is for you. And uh, I do want to encourage you, if, if you haven't gone back to listen to the, um, the debate on Christians and demons, I encourage you to go listen to it. Because I talk about a lot more about, um, uh, you know, casting out demons from the flesh of a Christian. Um, and, and it's important that you hear that because um, I know that so many people have all the rules and regulations of who can and who cannot be set free and who can and cannot actually have a demon that I believe we just pretty much disqualify everybody. And if Jesus was doing deliverance there's a reason for it right so again um there we have to be cautious <clears throat> with what we don't know and we have to be cautious with what we do know remember that no matter how many times somebody says something that just because they repeat it over and over again eloquently and even sometimes people use scripture this is what they do with women uh, with um, with women, uh, when, when people say women can't preach and women can't be pastors and women, you know, they'll take one or two scriptures and they've completely run with man-made regulations. 
uh, when really these people haven't taken the time to look at all the other surrounding scriptures that back up women in ministry, um, you know, even evangelists and prophets and apostles. And so anyway, that's a whole nother topic, but I'm just warning you that just because you hear something over and over again doesn't make it true. So my friends, I'm going to um, pray for you, but just encouraging you, remember, go through everything, break up with it. And um, you know, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you're listening to this segment and you say, I'm listening to what this woman's saying. I don't know if I understand it, but something about it is drawing me. I just want to encourage you, my friend, to open up your mouth and begin to invite the Lord Jesus Christ to rule and reign in your life. Maybe you've done life all by yourself over and over again. Maybe you've made a mess of it. Maybe it's not even so horrible, but something's missing. I want to invite you to invite the Lord uh, to minister to you, to to be your Lord who who saves you and sets you free. You know, this stuff that we're talking about, it has to do with demonization and devils and things of that nature. And sometimes people who don't have Jesus, they are very tormented because of this. And so I just want to encourage you to open up your mouth and say, Jesus, set me free. I need you. I need you to be my Lord. I need you to save me. I need you to change me. I need you to transform me and heal me and use me. If you can <clears throat> use those words and repeat those words, I'm telling you, you will feel your life transformed from the inside out. And my friends, for those of you who already walk in the Lord and you have minimized yourself to the point that you say, none of this is for me. You have convinced yourself that none of this is for you, that the Lord needs to knock on the door some to your neighbor's door, maybe choose them, maybe because it scares you, maybe because you've just believed that this is for the men, this is for uh, the women who are fearless, this is for you also. The Lord wants you to have a first time in deliverance as well. And maybe you say, Teresa, I'm not ready. That that sounds very interesting and, and this is good, but I I think I need to be set free. That's okay. That's a great place to start. That's one of the things I said, and uh, I've said it in other segments, that we have to be ready to be dealt with ourselves, that we have to be ready and willing to be free ourselves, that we recognize and realize that there's some healing that needs to take place in our lives. And that's a good place to be. And so today is a day to just say, okay, Lord, I got you. I, got, I get what you're saying. I hear you. I hear you drawing me near. I hear you pulling me closer to you. I hear you telling me that I am chosen, that I don't have to put myself in, in, in the back seat. And, you know, I just, I feel like the Lord is showing me that there's so many women who have put themselves in the back seat because, just because of their gender they have not been able or, or, or had the opportunity to freely and unconditionally tap into the call that God has on them. Well, my friends, I'm going to tell you this right now. I never in my life sat around and thought I'd be a preacher one day. I never thought, and while I'm teaching you today, I'm a preacher. You may be hearing these teachings, but I am a preacher. 
and I want to preach God I want to release fire into the bones of those who who are dead and who are just sleeping and they're stagnant in the church and they're unbelieving saying God didn't call women God didn't call everybody I mean my heart is to set fire to the dead to the dead and dry bones and I'm telling you that today is your day that you don't get to opt out anymore so I call you to rise up to your call I call you to rise up to this moment and be willing to receive what I'm saying because as you receive what I'm saying the anointing of God will begin to overflow in you it'll begin to manifest pour out and it will activate what's on the inside of you don't miss the moment don't miss this moment um, and so just receive it my friends and know that you are worthy know that you're equipped that while there may be some things that you're going to need to learn and you're going to need to get a hold of and you're going to need to um, walk in maybe there's some things you'll need to surrender that does not nullify the call of the Lord because his gifts are irrevocable there's something in you woman of God that the world is waiting on there's something in you who is listening that the world is waiting for you to pour out on them so no more excuses no more sitting back no more pretending that the that the first time to experience deliverance is for others but that now is the time to open up your mouth and say lord use me train me use me equip me find me don't let me get lost in the midst of this my friends i pray that this segment has blessed you visit our website teresalusk.com may god richly bless you